Welcome. We hope you enjoy this recording from Christ City Church, based in Dublin, Ireland. For more podcasts and information on the church, please visit ChristCityChurch.ie. Thank you for listening. All right. Good Friday. We're going to be talking about the crucifixion of Christ tonight. I don't know about you, but when I think of Good Friday, I often think of Black Friday because it was dark on that Friday. We'll talk more about that later. But it's not Black Friday. It's not some wicked holiday birthed out of the States. It is a holiday birthed by the sacrifice of our Savior. And so we're going to talk about Good Friday tonight. And um, this is Good Friday represents the day that Christ was crucified for us and all that that entails. And so I am so honored to be able to share with you today about that. Um, so, yep, with that, I'm going to uh, say you're welcome. If you're here for the first time, you're, you're very welcome as well. And uh, if you need anything at all, you can email or put in the chat box uh, to somebody will follow up with you. Um, during this time, we know there's a lot of things going on. And so we're here for you. Uh, this is the second night of uh, four that we're going to be doing. Last night, Maffey led, tomorrow will be Tim, and then we have Easter Sunday. And so you're welcome to all of these services. Uh, so grateful that you're here. Also, you're welcome to invite uh, and just send that link out to anyone that you would want to invite. And so what a, what a blessing to be able to do that. Really, really good. Awesome. So um, yeah, with that, let's uh, go ahead. I'm going to turn it over to Carrie. Hey guys, we're just going to pray real quick. So uh, you can just kind of pray along with me that uh, we really just want God to speak tonight, to open our hearts. And so let's pray. Father, Lord, I'm so grateful that in the midst of everything that the world is going through, God, that we get this opportunity, God, to stop and to sit in this moment for a little bit, God. Um. Lord, that we get the opportunity through technology to meet together, to remember and reflect on what today means for us as followers of you. God, that you have blessed us with, uh, <clears throat> with that ability that though we are apart, that we can remember together, Father. And so I thank you for that, God. Lord, I thank you that even in our isolation, God, it brings a remembrance um, of the isolation that you suffered for us, God. Lord, that, that as we're experiencing the pain of being apart from one another, um, God, a reminder that we were meant for community. God, we thank you so much that you were isolated from the Father on our behalf. God, that when you died on the cross, Lord, that you were separate in the most intimate, from the most intimate con um, connection, God, that the world has ever known. Lord, that of you and the Father, Lord, and that you did that in our place. So in our isolation, God, may we remember and rejoice that you have broken that and that we have community with you as well, Father. And God, I pray that you would help us not to push away the discomfort of thinking tonight about the cross. God, I know that so often I want to jump beyond the cross to Easter, God. I don't want the Friday. I want the Sunday. Father, and I pray that tonight you would help us not to jump past it. God, but I pray that you would help us, Lord, to use this time to grow in our appreciation of what you've done for us and 
God, I pray that it would just expand our hearts, Lord, as we understand the love that you poured out for us, God. I pray that though tonight is heavy, God, that our hearts would also be full of rejoicing, knowing how much you love us and what you gave for us, God. I pray that our hearts would be open to see and to hear the truth that you died to give us. God, as you prayed um, before, you, before you went to the cross, um, Lord, that this is eternal life, that we would know the only true God and Jesus Christ who is sent. So, Father, tonight we just pray that you would speak to us and, uh, God, that we would just be full of both the, the pain, God, of um, what it cost you Father, to save us, but also the great joy um, that that gives us, God, and the great hope that that gives us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, So I'm going to turn it over to Chloe in just a second. She will be actually reading from Psalm 22. Um, We chose that one tonight. Um, It's not the the verses that Dustin will be preaching on, but um, it ties in directly with the crucifixion. It was written hundreds of years before Jesus went to the cross. Um, And it's one of just many prophecies from the Old Testament that's about Jesus. And it was written down, you know, it was given to us as a prophecy so that we would know when Jesus came. He's the one who fulfilled this. It's a way that God shows us um, that Jesus is the one that he sent um, to die on our behalf. So with that, I will turn it over to Chloe. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, I find no rest. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who, mo- all who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord, they say. Let the Lord rescue him. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast on you. From my mother's womb you have been my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan encircle me. Roaring lions that tear their prey open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart has turned to wax. It has melted within me. My mouth is dried up like a pot shirt and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs surround me. A pack of villains encircles me. They pierce my hands and my feet. All my bones are on display. People stare and gloat over me. They divide my clothes among them and cast lots for my garment. So we're talking about Good Friday today and why it's good and what it means for us. If you have your Bibles with you, or if you want to pull out your phone or just read the screen, that's fine. We're going to be in Mark chapter 15, verse 33. And we're going to be starting when Jesus is put onto the cross. And so all that's happened up to this point is Jesus has been uh, arrested. He's been tried and found innocent, but yet they still crucify him. They have ripped out his beard. They have put the crown of thorns upon his head. They have stripped away his clothing. They have pierced his hands. They put him on a cross. And that's where we enter into the story. The scriptures tell us, and when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until three in the afternoon. Uh, 
And so uh, actually the text tells us that for three hours, darkness entered into the land. And this, if you're, if a lot of times when we're celebrating Good Friday, um, we think of it as dark. If you've been to a Good Friday service, a lot of times the lights will be turned down low. And it's a representation of God's wrath being poured out. And if you were a Jewish person living in this time when Jesus was crucified and you saw the land go dark uh, and completely black as midnight for three hours, you would have been triggered in your mind to remember back to another story that took place in Egypt hundreds of years before when there was um, a wrath poured out on a firstborn, on the firstborn children of those who were not in Christ and darkness entered the land of Egypt there. And so when darkness entered the land, you might have been triggered as a Jewish thinker in this time to, to that moment and to realize that God's wrath was being poured out, that there was something going on here that was different, that um, God uh, was, his justice and his wrath were being poured out in this moment. And the scriptures tell us, and at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lemma sabachthani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And Jesus in this moment is experiencing in his humanity the separation that all of us deserve because of our sins. The wrath that we deserve, the penalty of our sins, Christ is experiencing this for these three hours. God's, uh, the totality of sin and of guilt and of shame placed upon God's son. And as he's crucified on that cross, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Feeling for the first time in his humanity, the separation from God. He's never been separated from God. The creator was, Jesus was with God in creation. God, the spirit, God, the father, God, the son, all there. And Christ is with God now through all eternity. And in this moment, though, he's experiencing the separation that we deserve to experience because of our sin. Sin separates us from God. And Jesus feeling God's wrath poured out. And you can imagine every feeling of guilt. If you felt guilt before for the sins that you've done or you felt shame, you can imagine him bearing that in himself and the crushing weight of that and the darkness over the land. And God administering justice for all the wickedness of all Christians for all time. Billions and billions of Christians. And when some of those standing near heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. And some ran and they filled a sponge with wine, vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. And what's happening here is what? Chloe just read in Psalm 22, uh, the scripture being fulfilled that Jesus would be mocked, that Jesus' tongue would cling to the roof of his mouth, and that he would be thirsty and dying. And instead of helping, no one helped. Everyone turned away. And in fact, they not only turned away, but they belittled him and mocked him. They stripped him and shamed him and spit upon him. And now they go and they get a sponge and they put vinegar in it and they lift that up to his lips. And you may be thinking, that's so wicked of them. But the reality is, we are them. 
We are ones who mock. We are ones who disregard Christ. We are ones that, that also have disbelieved the goodness of the gospel. We are like them. We are them. And this demonstrates Christ totally alone, totally alone, dying for the sins of all the people whom he loved. God's wrath poured out on him because of his great love for us. And with a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last. Now, Jesus said a few things from the cross, but this loud cry in another gospel we read, he cries out, it is finished in a loud voice. It's finished. And what that term is in the Hebrew, it's tetetsiai, tetetsiai, something like that. And what it means is it's an economic term, and it actually stands for uh, Paid in full. It's what you would put on the final bill when a debt was paid. It's paid in full. Jesus cries out from the cross. It's finished. It's done. I've paid the penalty. The cost has been met. I've paid the debt that was owed by my life. And he sacrificed. And it says at that moment that he breathed his last breath. He dies. And as he dies, there's two other things that happen. One, the scriptures tell us another place that the earth shakes and that rocks start to split apart and that there's this um, violence that's taking place um, in creation. But there's also something happening inside of the temple. The scriptures tell us the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And so I want to talk a little bit about the curtain in the temple. So in, um, in the Old Testament, God told the, uh, the Jewish people how to make the temple. And it could have looked something like this. And uh, it might be hard for you to see, but the temple was separated into two parts. You can kind of see in the back there uh, what's called cherubim or these angelic-like figures. And uh, the scriptures tell us that uh, their wingspan went across. They were touching wings and it touched the walls. It's about 30 feet across. And underneath of the lions, the cherubim there, you can see uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And the Ark was the place, it had on top of it a seat called the Mercy Seat, which if you've wondered how God responds to a broken humanity, you just have to look at the Ark of the Covenant and know that God responds with mercy and grace to people. But the Ark was there and the, the cherubim would have been there, but it would have been uh, this place would have been called the Holy of Holies. It was actually separate from the rest of the temple, and nobody could enter in there. The priests could enter into the holy place, and they would do things. You see the candelabras and different things down there. They would uh, do, do things in there, washings and lights, and um, there was bread in there. There was lots of things they were doing, but nobody could enter into the Holy of Holies. This is where God chose for his earthly presence to be known, was in this small room in Israel, in this temple at that time. And it was a scary thing. Only one time per year could a priest go in past that curtain. And they would go in and they would take blood uh, from a sacrifice and they would enter in and they would sprinkle the mercy seat with blood for the sins of Israel, for the sins of God's people. And it was such a scary thing because God's holiness might consume them in their brokenness. You can imagine walking into a place where God's very power and presence are and how scary that would be. And it was so scary that um, the priests on the outside of the temple they, or outside of the, the curtain, they would actually tie a rope 
to that priest just in case he died in God's presence, was slain in God's presence. They could pull him out and nobody would have to go inside of that curtain lest they also die. And this curtain, it would have stretched across and they say it was probably four inches thick. And it was this ornate, beautiful curtain. And you can see it there on the left, uh, how it might have looked. And then the scriptures tell us that when Jesus died, the curtain was torn from top to bottom. And you can see that picture on the right there, the priest uh, scared. Um, can you imagine them just working in the temple that day? And suddenly that, that curtain, the noise of it, just torn. And you can imagine the fear that they must have felt. Oh no, God's presence is breaking out of that room. We know how scary this is. And you can see them there uh, freaked out. And so what does this mean for us? Why does it matter that the curtain was torn for us? We can go to the next slide. The curtain is torn. It demonstrates a few things. Number one, it demonstrates that God does the work of salvation. You see here that the curtain was torn from top to bottom. It wasn't torn from bottom to top. And what that means is that God has to do the work of salvation. He does it. He splits it open for us to come in. We don't earn access to God. There was no way for us to do enough good things to be able to enter into that curtain, into God's presence. God had to provide a way, and so he did through his son. And when he tore that veil, it demonstrates that it's from heaven to earth that salvation comes. It's not from earth to heaven. We don't achieve it. It also demonstrates that it could be a symbolic of God's grieving, a symbol of God's grieving. In the Old Testament, we see uh, many places where people who are in absolute devastation and grieving would grab their clothes and tear them and cry out. And I, I think in this moment, we can imagine God, whose son has just died for humanity, tearing the very garments of the curtain of the temple as a way of, of saying, uh, how painful this is for him, that his son would die, that his son would endure what he endured for the sake of humanity. But God's great love makes him do this. It behooves him to do this for us. And so it could demonstrate his grieving, his mourning for his son. It demonstrates God's presence released we no longer have to go to a little room in Israel in a temple, but this demonstrates no longer will God's earthly presence just be in this little box, but the veil torn means that his presence actually comes out of that room and it goes into the world. It comes out and goes into the world. And the scriptures tell us that the Holy Spirit, God's presence goes into his people and we become the temples of God. And that together as the church, God is building his church together, that the church is also a temple where God's presence dwells. His presence is no longer contained behind that curtain. His earthly presence has been released. And that's good news for us. The last thing it demonstrates to us is Christ's body is torn because of God's love. Christ on that cross, bloodied, beaten, bruised, Holy alone, taking on all of our sin, his body tore so that we might finally have 
access to God and God with us, relationship restored. No more curtain of separation. No more trying to earn or trying to be afraid of God. We have holy awe for him, but we are not afraid any longer because the penalty for sin has been paid. It is finished. And what does that mean for our lives? When you believe, when you, when you start to believe, there's just a few things. When you start to believe that you must earn God's favor, when you must earn salvation, you need to remind yourself, remember that the curtain was torn. Christ was torn for you. You don't earn it. It was torn from top to bottom. You tell yourself, the curtain was torn. I don't have to earn this. And when you feel condemned in your thoughts, when you feel condemnation and you are struggling with your own thoughts, you've got to remind yourself, no, I'm not condemned before God. There is now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. That curtain was torn. I have full access to God and there's nothing that can hinder that. My sins, my guilt, and my shame have been taken care of. You must remember when you're accused by the enemy and when you're reminded of your sins of the past that the curtain was torn for you. It demonstrates that God can have relationship with man. It demonstrates that sins taken care of in such a way that we get relationship with God. And we have to remind ourselves when we are accused and when guilt and shame would wreck us, the curtain was torn for us. And when you wonder if God loves you, you remember God rent that because of his great love. He let the sacrifice of his son transpire. He let humanity kill his son. And Jesus laid down his life willingly for us because of his great love for us. If you wonder if your past is truly forgiven, you got to remember that it's taken care of. Christ is torn for us. And when you feel like God's far away, remember the curtain is torn. His presence no longer is there. That's a lie. God's presence is with us. Remember that this happened for you. Christ's body crucified for us. All of the sin and all of the the wrath that we deserved taken care of at the cross by Jesus. The curtain torn, showing us that we have access to God. God has access to us, and love has won. Let's pray. Father God, God, thank you so much for sending your son to die in our place to take the penalty that we deserve, to give us the righteousness that he earned without sin, without blemish, Jesus on the cross for our sins. Thank you for the debt that was paid. The debt that we could not ever pay was paid by Christ and by the sacrifice of your son. Thank you, Lord, for Good Friday. Thank you, Lord, that it means that we are free. Thank you, Lord, that the veil was torn, that your presence is with us. Thank you, Father. This was a good plan that you had planned out from eternity past that you would redeem and you would restore a people to yourself, a people called by your name, the name and the name and the power of Jesus I pray, I pray that as we go and as we reflect on these things over the next day, that you would just burn these truths into our hearts. God, that we would overcome sin and temptation, that we would overcome the enemy, that we would overcome our own thoughts of guilt and shame. Lord, that we would remember the cross and that would set us free. Lord, thank you so much for the sacrifice and thank you for paying the debt.
We love you. We praise you. Amen.